Welcome to the Connecting Mind and Spirit podcast, a podcast devoted to helping you understand and apply the teachings of A Course in Miracles. I am your host, Fiona Williams, author of the newly released book, Awakening Your Right Mind, Healing from Fear and Following Spirit with A Course in Miracles. The benefits of A Course in Miracles are experienced through application of its right-minded principles. Throughout this podcast series, I will explain specific topics and teachings from A Course in Miracles and guide you through meditative exercises, which will help you apply the teachings to your life. Thank you for being here and let's get started. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our fifth book club meeting for Awakening Your Right Mind. So we are continuing now with chapter two, which is all about the right mind, which will be a nice relief from our conversation, which was all about the ego mind for the past couple of Sundays. (laughs) Okay, so I want to begin with the first quote that I share on page 53 of Awakening Your Right Mind. And it says, the term right-mindedness is properly used as the correction for wrong-mindedness and applies to the state of mind that induces accurate perception. It is a miracle because it heals misperception. And this is indeed a miracle in view of how you perceive yourself. So this is from chapter three of the text of the course. And personally, what I absolutely love about right-mindedness is that there's an answer to all of those issues that we face, to all of those issues we see out in the world, in our own lives and in our own psyche, there is an answer. There is a way for that mistaken ego perception, that conflict and that chaos to be undone. And that is just so relieving and absolutely incredible. And one of the major benefits of A Course in Miracles is that it is highlighted very clearly for us how the ego is undone and what we can do and what our role is. Okay, so of course, I do start this chapter with a bit about what I've been through, um, especially starting from the age of 30 when a the Meniere's disease, which is a debilitating vertigo disease, started to kick in for me. Um, So that had hours long, severe vertigo where I couldn't even open my eyes. Um, There was a general dizziness throughout the day. So even if you weren't having vertigo, you just felt off. And then also um, I was deaf in my right ear for probably most of my 20s on and off, it was like I was listening to a seashell, and then the disease progressed into the severe vertigo. And so that is what I was dealing with (laughs) Um, for much of, well, the vertigo kicked in in my 30s, and that was very debilitating, like I had to stop driving, um, things like that. So what I noticed, though, was that I was so grateful that I have been a student of the course for so long, that I was like, once the Meniere's disease peaked, I knew I was ready to apply right-mindedness to what I was experiencing. By then, I recognized that I had a choice, whether to do this with the ego or to do this with the Holy Spirit. And I was super vigilant to do it with the Holy Spirit, with my right mind. 
After that, uh, following the Meniere's disease was the PTSD, which came along from taking care of my beloved dog Guinness for six weeks while he was sick um, and before he passed. And multiple times throughout the night, Guinness would make sounds and it would startle me awake. And so by the time he passed away, my nervous system was absolutely over startled. So that was very, very triggering to just be, to just feel safe. Like I couldn't feel safe and just too many noises, too many things going on were triggering for me. Now, what I recognized was that because from the Meniere's disease, my vestibular system was damaged in my right ear, was that my eyesight had to compensate. And so I got visual dependence where I just relied on my vision too much. And so that started to throw off my balance. I live in a snowy place, <laughs> but even going into a store with lines of groceries and on the shelves and things like that were starting to throw off my balance. So I actually felt really unsafe in places where I normally had felt safe. Now, what I recognized was that my world was shrinking. But also what I recognized is that through my learnings with the Course in Miracles was it was how I had currently perceived my world was changing. That through the Holy Spirit, I was being shown that it was time to change my perception of how I see things. I was experiencing that reversal in how I think and perceive. And so I did again although I was completely overwhelmed, I did thankfully feel very safe in my home. So that is where I got to work. And I saw this as a massive opportunity to strengthen my right mind. Because when you take on A Course in Miracles, you become keenly aware that you have that choice that no matter what you face, you can go further into the ego, or you can go above the ego's battleground and you can start to see things with the Holy Spirit. And what you can do is you can start to use all of your challenges for the healing of your mind. That is the purpose of every challenge you seem to face, what is known in the course as our trials. Each and every single one of those is our opportunity to awaken who we truly are, to awaken our awareness of who we truly are. Seen through the Holy Spirit's eyes, that is the purpose of our trials. And so I used the Meniere's disease. I used the visual dependence. I used the PTSD and all of that. And my relationships with my family and everything were starting to you know, be challenged by everything I was going through but I still used it with the Holy Spirit, right? Because that is what it's for. That is what it's for. So as you've heard me say before, probably, is that our trials seen with the Holy Spirit, seen through our right mind, become our stepping stones to God, our stepping stones to enlightenment. And you can become just as vigilant for that truth as you are for the ego. So when an ego thought creeps in or you start to feel overwhelmed or fearful or anxious or whatever it might be, you can remind yourself. And I love to do this. You know, Jesus talks to us about anxiety and depression and he's like, just so you know, it need not be. So I love to say that when I start to feel a bit anxious, this need not be, it is completely unnecessary. I don't need to go any further with this. I am the decision maker.
And when you begin to practice seeing things with your right mind, you will get stronger at it. It will become your default setting. And you will start to recognize that those trials, they actually don't have to be as hard as what they would have been if you had gone through them with the ego. Now, I'm a generally optimistic person, which is good. <laughs> and when I was going through the PTSD in particular, I was super vigilant for my happiness. Absolutely vigilant for it. I would wake up every morning and I would turn on the show, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Because the mornings were a bit harder for me. They were a bit more panicky for me. So I used a comedy, just a 30-minute comedy to help me not take the world so seriously, right? Because as we're taught in Gary Renard's work is that laughter is better than any form of medicine. And why is laughter, gentle laughter, loving laughter, why is that true? Because it cuts the seriousness of the ego. The only reason you're feeling troubled is because you're believing in the ego. You're taking it seriously. Now that is a process to start to undo that to undo our belief in the ego and to not afford it our seriousness. And that's okay. We're allowed that process, but then you can be gentle with yourself. What are the joyful things you can start to include in your day? What are the peaceful things you can start including in your day? And I love laughter. I love laughing. You guys know me in my podcast. It's a whole lot of giggles. In fact, I actually edit out a lot of my laughing <laughs> because I laugh so much and I know I do but it feels good and it's natural and I love it. And so I used what works for me, comedy, to help me have better mornings when I was going through the worst of the PTSD. That's what I had to do. I recognize that. And then I was also sure to go for walks with my husband, Eric, and our dogs. And I loved being in nature and I would hug the trees and <laughs> things like that. And I would sit in the sunshine and I was taking really intentional, purposeful moments to activate my right mind, to connect with the Holy Spirit and put the Holy Spirit in charge because I have that choice just like you. And all of those things that I started to do to support myself, all the joy that I was purposely including, the moments of true forgiveness, the loving setting of boundaries with you know, things that I couldn't handle. I had to set loving boundaries. And I, my communication was super clear and super loving. And I was super sure to not project my own stuff onto other people because it's not their fault, right? I'm the decision maker. I have a choice on if I get triggered, how I handle it, right? So I'm not saying I did it all perfectly. I know I didn't. But man, I do know I was vigilant for the Holy Spirit through the absolute worst time of my entire life. And now things are looking better and things are strengthening in me for towards peace and loving communication and taking better care of myself and saying no to stress because I'm still healing. That's okay, right? So that's what this world is for. So before I go too far into what this world is for, I just wanted to start that off with that your right mind is the antidote to the ego. Okay, wrong mind, right mind. Right mind will counter the wrong mind and you have that choice. And it's so beautiful. And it's just one of the reasons why I love having the course in my love, in my life. And I love 
helping other people understand it because if you're attracted to the course, you are in such a prime position to strengthen your right mind. So one of the things I did notice when I was going through the PTSD in particular was the overstimulation of my nervous system, which was brought on by, of course, being overstimulated, was exacerbated by stress and conflict. And remember in the last book club meeting where I was talking about conflict and how if we stay in conflict, we're staying in the battleground. And if we're staying in the battleground, we really can't see things correctly. We can't see things with the Holy Spirit because we're too busy being in the ego mind. And so what I noticed was that stress exacerbated, yes, my nervous system, but what actually also happened was that the visual dependence, which was a physiological condition, of course, everything starts with the mind, but that was an effect of it, was exacerbated. Um, so what I noticed was that everything was exacerbated, the physiological condition, because of stress, because of conflict, because my nervous system was too overstimulated. So I actually just want to help bring a gentle awareness to each of you, is that if you have a lot of stress in your life, how other things in your life, even if you're dealing with something physiological, can be exacerbated because of that added conflict that you're battling in your life. So just being aware of that. So that was just something that I really noticed. And now that my nervous system is calming down, that things like the visual dependence have greatly, greatly, uh, they don't psychologically bother me anymore. I'm able to walk in snow, maybe not big, heavy snowflakes, but I'm able to walk in lighter snowflakes, which was just not a possibility a couple of years ago. So I just wanted to bring that to your attention of how conflict may be sneaking in in other ways of, in your life. Okay. Um, now on page 56 of my book, I share healing is an attitude. It's a state of mind where you believe that healing is not only possible, but natural. We can also call this being miracle-minded. Now, in A Course in Miracles, Jesus says that right-mindedness is miracle-mindedness. It's where you are devoted to inviting the miracle instead of perpetuating a grievance, right? Or perpetuating an issue and staying in that conflict. So healing, what I mean by healing is an attitude, is it's something that you can start to, to develop within yourself, where it becomes a way that is just natural for you to devote to healing. That when a conflict with someone arises, or a misunderstanding, or a physical issue, or whatever it might be, that you have gained the strength within yourself to turn to your right mind, and remember that this is for your healing of your mind, and that it serves no other purpose. Okay. And when we do heal, yes, we become a demonstration to others, right? And we may even share our healing experiences. Um, the Holy Spirit can move through us, whatever that might be. But never doubt that your commitment to right-mindedness is an excellent demonstration to others. Okay. So just wanted to just help you understand why I mean what I mean by healing is an attitude. It really can become a way of life where you become miracle-minded. And that's where a lot of the course lessons are inviting us to do, right? Like, I replace all grievances with love. That's what that means. I'm turning to my right mind. I'm turning to my miracle mind because that is my choice. Okay, 
So there's a fun thing I did want to also share that on page 57 of my book, Under the Right Mind, um, where I start to share that you can um, notice that in the course, Jesus uses words like remember, recognize, reveal, all of those things, what you, all those terms, what you want to recognize is that the, you already know the truth. Jesus is not saying that you have to learn the truth of who you are. You have to let it be revealed to you. You have to remember it. You have to recognize it, right? So I love that because that's within you. The truth is already within you. You don't need to do anything other than let the ego be undone so it can be revealed to you. And I absolutely love that as well, that we're being recalled to go, look, you already are perfect love. You are already innocent. You just forgot. And isn't it a lot more gentler to go, I actually just forgot who I truly am, right? Because when we look at the conflict in our minds, in our psyche, it can get really, really challenging when we see that through the ego to go, well, who am I? Like, you're telling me I'm innocent. I don't feel innocent. I feel really guilty or I'm feeling really crabby today or whatever it might be. And as I've shared a couple of times throughout the course, or sorry, throughout this book club, is that the suffering is not who you truly are, right? So we don't want to listen to who the ego says that we are, right? We want to take that vote of confidence from the Holy Spirit that the truth is within us and we are going to remember, we are going to recognize, it's going to be revealed. You don't have to work to be who you truly are. Your commitment is going to be to right-mindedness where it undoes the ego. That's what you want to do. That's where your work comes in, which I absolutely love, <laughs> right? Because before, right, before we approached the course, we were like, what am I doing with all this conflict? You know, I, I just don't know what to do. And now you know. Now you're being taught. Now you're being shown that right-mindedness is the way. Okay. Now there on page 58 of my book, I share that lovely teaching by Albert Einstein that a problem cannot be solved from the same state of mind which made the problem, right? It's fairly easy to understand. So what we want to remember is that the ego mind makes all problems. As we just went through in the last book club meeting, we went through the ego's agenda and its laws of chaos. The ego is really just another name for separation. That's what it is. It doesn't know of love. It didn't come from love. So you can't expect it to love you and you can't expect it to love others. It just doesn't know of it, right? So the ego is the mind of making problems because the mind, the ego mind needs you to be fixated upon it. It needs you to believe in it in order for it to survive. So how can you expect to find solutions when you're in your ego mind? right? It, it's just not going to happen. So you have to step out of your ego mind in order to welcome those solutions. Okay. So I just love that Albert Einstein kind of eloquently put it for us, right? So we just simply need to get out of that ego state. Now we are taught in the course that the ego can offer things like truces, <laughs> right? But a truce 
is very temporary and it's not healing right so you always want to kind of be vigilant for where the ego is offering a brief kind of yeah this looks like something's been cleared up you always want to make sure that you apply true forgiveness in your mind to make sure that genuine healing is occurring because the ego may seem to offer these little offerings of what look like solutions or healing but without true forgiveness, without you remembering and accepting the atonement, the healing hasn't occurred. Okay, so just making sure that if you have a hiccup with someone or whatever it might be, or you've gotten scared, just when you feel a bit better, taking that time to apply true forgiveness. Okay, <laughs> is this all sounding good? <laughs> yeah, good, awesome, thumbs up, <laughs> very cool. Yeah, so. We want to, um, well, I love this quote from the course. It's on page 59, but it's from lesson 44 of the course. And it says, in order to see, you must recognize that light is within, right? That light of truth is within. It's not without. You do not see outside of yourself, nor is the equipment for seeing outside of you. An essential part of this equipment is the light that makes seeing possible. It is with you always, making vision possible in every circumstance. So again, lesson 44 from the course. And what's that saying is that it's you have to turn within, that the light of truth is within you. You're not going to find it outside of you. And the equipment for seeing it is not outside of you because the world is a projection. It's coming from your mind. And as we're taught in the course, if the error is made in your mind, which it always is, then it's in your mind where it needs to be corrected. And it is corrected by you tapping into that light of the truth, by you using your right mind. It's within you. It's always within you. It's never lost. It's never gone. It's That's impossible. It's always there. Okay, so I just wanted to share that and highlight that. <laughs> Now we get into a wonderful part of the right mind, which is the voice for the right mind. And that, of course, is the Holy Spirit, which you can also call one mind or spirit as a whole, if you wanted, or higher self, as I always like to say, because the acronym HS for Holy Spirit is the same as higher HS for higher self. But follow your own inner guidance system. Okay, is what to feel, what feels good for you, that the Holy Spirit is, is that messenger of peace, that voice for God, right? So we're taught in the course that God doesn't actually acknowledge this world, but an answer was sent. And that answer is the voice for God, the Holy Spirit. So again, there's that word answer. If I want a solution, if I want healing, if I want an answer, I can turn to the Holy Spirit, the, right? So I like to say that the right mind is the mind of solutions, right? Which is really beautiful, okay? So I share, for eons you have heard and listened to the ego's voice. It is the voice you made the moment you believed in the initial separation idea. Yet there is another voice that has always been with you the voice which represents source's love for you. And it does. Do not doubt that the Holy Spirit represent 
represents love. It is love. Okay. And in the course, this loving voice is referred to as the Holy Spirit. And a little further down, I share a course quote, right-mindedness is not to be confused with the knowing mind because it is applicable only to right perception. So the knowing mind would be the mind, the healed mind, the one mind. But in this split mind experience, we have the wrong mind and the right mind. And remember, only perception can be sick. And when perception is sick, that's the wrong mind. But the right mind's going to come in and counter that with true perception. So instead of rehashing a grievance or projecting, we're invited to forgive. We're invited to heal. Now, what you'll always see is that the ego will bring you further down into the world and strengthen it, where the Holy Spirit, your right mind, will bring you above the world right? So the right-minded principles, which always have the atonement in the middle of them, the right-minded principles of true forgiveness, non-judgment, or anytime you apply one of the course lessons, right? That would be activating right-mindedness. All of it will bring your attention to the truth of who you are. It will lead you away from judging this world as being true. So that is the key with right-mindedness, is that it takes your mind away from judging this world as if it was true, and it replaces it with your source, the truth of your source. And you, remember, are true. The real you is true because your source made you. So you are a fundamental part of truth, who you really are. So I hope that distinction is helpful, that with right-mindedness, you're simply going to move beyond judging this world as if it were true. And you're going to replace it with the atonement. Okay, because that's what we're taught. It's actually um, given to us quite clearly in Gary Renard's work, that in the mind, you have to replace something with something because the mind always needs a focus. So when you take away the ego, you have to replace it with the truth. Because if you don't, the ego is just going to sneak back in again. Okay, so remembering that your mind always needs a focus. So all the more reason to strengthen your right mind. <laughs> and I love it. On page 60, I share one of my favorite, favorite quotes from Gary Renard's work. This is from his book, Your Immortal Reality. And it says, the Holy Spirit is actually your own higher self. Okay, so we're taught in the course that spirit is in you in a very literal way, literal, right? So of course, when we are taking on a spiritual path, a spiritual thought system, it can be easy to go, you know what? I just don't know if this is true. It can be easy to shrug it off that maybe I'm not spiritual. Maybe I'm not spirit at all. Today was a hard day. Why am I doing all of this stuff? It can really get easy to get a bit disgruntled and dismayed by it all. So it is important for, again, you to remind yourself often to, that the Holy Spirit is in you in a very literal way, that you are love itself. This is why it's so important. And even Artin and Persa, Gary Renard's teachers, are sure to remind us that gentle, loving reminders, right-minded reminders are essential to undoing our focus on the ego. So, you know, I've shared before that I have heart-shaped post-it notes all over my house, <laughs> reminding me of the truth 
right? But more importantly, you're going to find that application of the course, that application of right-mindedness, using a course lesson, maybe one that really resonates for you. Using the course and what it teaches is actually what's going to give you the evidence that this is true, that you're going to start to see the healing. You're going to start to feel the relief, right? And that's awesome. So, you know, even that, I love it in the introduction to the course lessons, right? Jesus says to us, he's like, look, you may not believe what you're going to be taught in these lessons. And that's not necessary, right? I don't need you to believe in them. What I need you to do is to apply them. Because when you apply them, you're going to get the effects. You're going to get the evidence. So when we take a step back and go, all right, cause and effect, <laughs> If I'm using right-mindedness, that's at the level of cause, and I'm going to get some effects. There's going to be some effects to that, right? So you might start to see the evidence of miracles in your life, right? But it's not going to happen until you start applying, and that is the key, is application is necessary. Or as I like to say, it's like a gentle example, right? If your skin's feeling dry, you're not going to get the relief just looking at the moisturizer bottle. You got to put the moisturizer on your skin to get that relief and feel the moisture. It's no different. Application is necessary. Absolutely. Right. And I actually had um, someone come to me recently and go, you know, I have a really great grip on the course and it's in my life a lot and the people around me talk about it a lot and they've never actually done the course lessons and so they're like you know but I don't know if I need to because it's just so I mean I believe it I believe God I believe Holy Spirit you know I, I like my connection to Jesus all that stuff and they said so I just actually don't feel like I have to take the time to do the course lessons and I said well eventually we all will <laughs> have to do the course lessons and I've done them uh you know a few years ago and you can repeat them if you want to but I said to this person I said if you want to have a deeper feeling a deeper connection with your source a deeper understanding of what the course is teaching then you want to do the lessons if you genuinely want to see more miracles you will want to do the lessons because you know, I've been teaching the course for over a decade, and I know that I have every intention of continuing on with the course lessons. I'm going to, like, I started doing them again, and I took a wee break, but I'm going to get back into them. I'm going to get it on a deeper level. I know I am, and I'm going to have more revelations and just a deeper understanding of all of this information. So, you know, it's just allowing ourselves to go deeper allowing ourselves to let these teachings resonate because you know those times where maybe like one of the course ideas just really like lit you up and you're like oh my goodness I got that on such a deep level like it was so cool and I got tingles and all of that right yeah exactly you can get that even more <laughs> I mean you you only have to do the course lessons once that's true but if you feel guided, whatever it might be, and I rock out a course lesson almost every single day to something, you know, and, and it just helps me and it's something I want to do. But yeah, do be sure to know that, um, yeah, it, it's you're guided to do them once for sure. And it's just going to bring about a deeper experience for you. Um, so you just never know all the beauty that's waiting you by choosing your right mind. And one of the other things I would say, you know, like when uh, one of those nagging 
kind of things in your perception where maybe someone does something kind of irritating and you're just like, ugh. <laughs> you maybe don't get angry. You don't get really sad. You're just kind of like, ugh. <laughs> like that's just kind of bugs me on some level. It's nice that I'm actually at the point where I'm like, oh my God, I don't have to settle for that ugh anymore. I actually can you know, apply true forgiveness and it's going to start to go away. It's going to start to heal. And then that kind of icky feeling, which can kind of really muck up your day here and there, that's going to start to go. So you can actually get excited for healing. Um, those perceptions that you have that you're like really tired, of, <laughs> they can start to go away. <laughs> they can heal. So I just share that. I, I think that's just kind of funny that sometimes I catch myself. I'm like, oh, I actually don't have to put up with that anymore. I can truly forgive it and move on. <laughs> and sometimes it requires a few bouts of true forgiveness, but that's all good. <laughs> So I hope that's helpful. <laughs> All right. And so there's um, another fabulous quote from Gary Renard's work um, from his book, The Lifetimes When Jesus and Buddha Knew Each Other. Uh, it's just at the bottom of page 60. And I love, love, love this quote. It says, the Holy Spirit plays an active role in influencing people to go to certain places, meet particular people, and learn the things that will help them the most along the path. It's like the Holy Spirit is nudging you in the right direction. I mean, how beautiful is that, right? Because being with the ego mind, we just feel so alone, right? We don't feel like anything else is with us or that anyone else is with us. And one of the greatest teachings from the course is that we are never alone. Even physically, if it looks like we're alone, we're not alone, right? So I love to remind myself of that when, it appear, when I appear to be in a room by myself. It's like, I'm actually not alone right now. The Holy Spirit is a fundamental part of me. It's literally within me, right? So that's just something beautiful I like to remind, remind myself of. But then when we invite the Holy Spirit in, which is one major way of beginning to undo the ego, is waking up in the morning and inviting the Holy Spirit to be in charge. This is what you're activating. The Holy Spirit will play an active role in influencing you to go to certain places, meet particular people, and learning the things that will help you the most along your path. And it's like the Holy Spirit's nudging you in the right direction. So when I wake up in the morning and I put the Holy Spirit in charge, not little ego, Fiona, the Holy Spirit, I'm going to be nudged in the right direction. And I can trust that whatever occurs that day, the Holy Spirit was in charge of it. And if there's a true forgiveness opportunity in there, which there very well will be <laughs> here and there, right? That, that I was ready to truly forgive that. I was shown that I'm ready to let that go. Right. And so, as I like to put it, that it's like the Holy Spirit's it's giving us a vote of confidence. Like, look, when you put me in charge and you encounter this, you're ready to forgive. This is look, this is ready to be let go. And it's like a red flag to say, please heal me. Please heal me. So we really want to remind ourselves throughout the day, especially if it's a challenging day, that look, I'm being shown what I need to forgive. I'm being shown what I need to heal. And I have that choice. I don't need to continue this toxic cycle. I don't need to keep rehashing that grievance. I don't need to keep getting triggered. There is a better way. And that's the promise of the course, isn't it? 
that there is a better way. And it's so beautiful, right? So I just absolutely love, 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 love that quote. <laughs> and so on page 61, I just kind of wanted to clear up a little bit more about the Holy Spirit's perception, right? So the Holy Spirit uses what is known as true perception, which is a way of perceiving this world without latching onto it. Through true perception, things are seen as either true or false. So remember in the last book club meeting where I was talking about the simplicity of spirit, the ego gets really complex with all of its layers and its degrees where something seems worse than something else, something's more painful than something else. And that's definitely how we experience it. But when we invite the Holy Spirit's true perception, the Holy Spirit's going to go, that's true and that's false. <laughs> and by true, true is, is that you are innocent, that the other person is truly innocent, that this need not be, that you are safe in your source. And if you just hand it on over to me, I, the Holy Spirit will go, I will judge that for you correctly, right? So the Holy Spirit judges with a capital J, a loving judgment of this is either true or false. And that is how the ego is undone in your mind where the Holy Spirit's go, okay, you gave it to me. Awesome. So that falsehood is actually dissolved and I'm going to focus on what's true. And I'm going to remind you of that. So that's what you can expect from the Holy Spirit, right? But we don't need to get too involved in that. That's the Holy Spirit's role, but that's what we're taught in the course that that's what the Holy Spirit does. So true perception just recognizes the truth for us in our minds and it gets highlighted and you'll be you know, you can imagine how you'll begin to feel when the falsehood of the ego starts to dissolve from your mind is you'll actually just start to feel better. You'll start to feel less reactive and less troubled. You'll like, you won't latch onto ego thoughts as much. You'll feel less hijacked. So I think that's just one of the more prominent effects of healing of your mind is you are actually just less triggered and things that used to bother you just don't bother you anymore and that's how you can tell healing has occurred because you're not latching onto it and even if you do recognize that you're latching onto something you've truly forgiven before it just requires a bit more true forgiveness a bit more inviting the holy spirit in because there could be a few more unconscious layers beneath that lesson that need to be healed and that's okay. Some things require a few years of true forgiveness, but you're doing the right thing. You're doing the right thing by applying true forgiveness. Okay. So is that helpful? <laughs> yeah. It's good stuff, isn't it? Right. Cause like, this is how the Holy spirit sees true or false. <laughs> and all I have to do is invite the Holy spirit. All I have to do is apply true forgiveness and take some quiet time with my loving source. I mean, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> All right. So on page 62, now this is a really, really fun teaching that I love. Um, and so it's uh, from the text of the course, chapter six, and it says the only safety lies in extending the Holy Spirit, because as you see his gentleness in others, your own mind perceives itself as totally harmless. Now, what I love about this teaching is that it's highlighting that the content in our minds, if it's conflict-based, that's where we're going to see conflict out in the world. 
So if I'm perpetuating the ego, I can expect to get into the conflict. I can expect more grievances. I can expect more stress. But when I start to invite the Holy Spirit in, I'm actually going to start to tune into the innocence of others. And I, my mind is no longer holding on to conflict as much. And so my own mind, my own psyche becomes benign. And then I will start to experience myself as loving, innocent, and benign. So, you know, we're taught in Gary Renard's work that one of the greatest things Jesus did to expedite his enlightenment was to see the truth in others. He was super vigilant for that. Didn't matter what they appeared to be doing or what their body appeared to be doing. He knew it was a projection. And he just saw the truth in them. And that is how his enlightenment was expedited. And so you can imagine that what we will start to experience within ourselves as we start to commit to seeing people as who they truly are. And that is what this teaching is about, is that your mind, the less conflict you hold on to, the more benign your mind, your psyche is going to be. And you're going to be able to tune into that inner peace, that stillness, that love of God that's within you. So I just think it's such a cool thing that this, like literally this teaching is like telling us this is how it's done. So when you tune into your right-mindedness, your mind is going to become more benign. And, you know, as I share in the book, how can you expect to have inner peace if you're harboring conflict? How, how would you expect that if you're, how would you expect to have inner peace if you're holding on to a grievance? You know, it, it's just that simple. So we have that choice and it is really about recognizing that all of this is a projection of our minds and it is our perceptions of that, that needs to heal. So as the Holy Spirit sees things as either true or false, if someone reacts from a place of fear, fear is totally reframed by the Holy Spirit as being a call for love. So the answer is always love. Now, love sometimes just means non-judgment <laughs> and walking away in peace, <laughs> right? Sometimes love is just like, no, I, I won't be able to do that today. And, and I have to go take care of myself or I have plants or whatever it might be. But you can do things with your right mind and that will be love, right? You don't have to be a pushover. You don't have to be a people pleaser. That's not what this is about. It's about being love. And so you'd be surprised as the ways the Holy Spirit will guide you to be love, right? Because the Holy Spirit speaks to each of us in a way we will all perfectly understand, in a way that will resonate perfectly for each of us, because the Holy Spirit knows exactly how each of us are perceiving, because the Holy Spirit's in our minds. So you don't have to worry. You will feel guided. You'll feel that intuition. You'll feel that pull. Right. So when I was looking to heal from the Meniere's disease, I actually felt very guided to apply the course's true forgiveness and the healing meditation of Gary Renard's from his book. And that worked for me. But for some people, maybe surgery might be an answer. And that might be if you do it with the Holy Spirit, that might be the answer. It's going to be different for everyone. But for me, that's what I felt guided to do. And it worked for me.
So just be aware of that, that you have this really personal relationship with the Holy Spirit and it loves you and it's got your back and it's going to speak perfectly to you in a way you'll understand and you'll just resonate. So, you know, when you just really deeply get something, <laughs> right, that's, that's how, you know, <laughs> and that's just going to get deeper and more frequent. The more you use your right mind, the more you develop your miracle mindedness. So it's pretty awesome that your relationship with the Holy Spirit is just going to get, it's just going to feel natural, you know, is what it is, you know, because it is natural to you. <laughs> All right. So I shared um, in the, on page 62 to 63, just a few miracle principles, which I found really highlighted um, right-mindedness. And so miracle principle 17, miracles transcend the body. So remember that we're taught, right, that um, we want to start using our right mind, which will not require our physical sight. It will require spiritual sight. Okay, so miracles will transcend the body. They are sudden shifts into invisibility away from the bodily level and that is why they heal right so we're not looking to the egos and the physical world to tell us what is true we're rising above that because remember this physical world is a projection it's an effect so it's in my mind that the correction needs to be done so i'm going to lift my mind with the holy spirit above this physical level and i'm going to remember the truth i'm going to remember spirit and that's why miracles heal uh, miracle principle 32, I, as in Jesus, as one with the Holy Spirit, inspire all miracles, which are really intercessions. They intercede for your holiness and make your perceptions holy. By placing you beyond the physical laws, they raise you into the sphere of the celestial order. In this order, you are perfect. Isn't that beautiful? So one of the things I like to highlight here is that holy can mean whole. Holy can also mean healing. So remember, the ego is all about separation, and the Holy Spirit's all about making things whole as one. That's healing, right? Also, what I love about this miracle principle is that the miracle will place you beyond the physical laws. So when I was healing from the, or committed to healing from the Meniere's disease, I was told through, um, you know, different articles and things like that, that the way to heal Menier's disease was to destroy the inner ear. To me, destroy did not mean healing. <laughs> that was not the way I wanted to approach it. it. That just didn't sound good for me, right? Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And so what I loved about this miracle principle it was I was really starting to get the idea that how the world saw this issue was not actually how the Holy Spirit would see this issue. And so I could see this differently. So I literally felt like, well, if the miracle brings me above physical laws, then who knows what's possible, right? So I really felt that numerous times on that healing path. And sure enough, I had an incredible healing experience that had nothing to do with a doctor or surgery or anything like that. Yeah, Elaine? Yeah, uh, yeah I also had a tremendous healing from uh, chronic migraines 
and uh, a cervical disc problem that for 25 years, uh, the doctors, you know, were telling me it's just going to get worse and worse. And, uh, you know, I'm going to a chiropractor three times a week and just suffering, you know, laying on the couch at least once or twice a week uh, for hours with a migraine. Wow. And then I got into, uh, I did this was prior to the course, but I've been on it. It was, you know, deep spirit. I decided the spiritual path had to come first in my life mm -hmm. uh, just because that's how my, it just had to be first. And that was, you know, after a breakup and it was a new beginning. And, and, and since that new beginning four years ago, a spiritual path has been first and I developed a practice mm -hmm. and after bringing in the total love every morning um, as part of the practice nice. after and, and doing it on a very primal level which the course brings you in to do on a very you know honest and authentic mm -hmm. level yeah uh, then I, I did heal. I mean, the healing took place and uh, the migraines, I know I haven't had them in four, you know, in three and a half years. Cause after about six months of doing it, that's when the, the, I noticed that I wasn't having them. And I noticed the stiffness was gone. I no longer needed to have massages every week. Mm -hmm. And, and it was through uh, grace that yeah. what well, was through what was in me that was getting activated every day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah beautiful and and so that's why it's you know even when I take a siesta almost every day yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a little blood pressure um or you know when I lie down uh, at night even I just you know reiterate like I just want to um create love I just want to feel that connection that's the most important thing in my life nice. and and then I just I relax into it, you know, and, and even if I'm not doing a course lesson that day, um, I have, you know, just making sure that I, um, cause that's the most important thing in, to me in life is having that connection. Yes. I mean, you know, that connection with source, right. As you're saying, connection is the most important thing for you throughout the yeah. day. It's yeah. even one of the course lessons, which is um, my only goal today is God. <laughs> but that's so cool. You healed from the migraines and yeah. 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 Very, very cool. Yeah. 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 Healing, healing is natural, right? And that can definitely show up as physical effects. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that love. <laughs> Gabby. Hi. I love Um. So listening to you guys talk about the talk about uh, the healing, yeah, I am going through through the same. And Elaine, it's funny that you mentioned about the cervical issues and migraines because that's exactly what I am dealing with right now. Oh. And it can be really bad. It can be like five yeah. days of migraine, like throwing up in the bathroom wow. and not being able to function for five days and. Yeah visits to the ER and uh -huh. yeah not fun stuff no. and also um with the healing of the perception of lack like knowing that we are provided for always mm -hmm. like 
because everything is the same. Like everything is the same separation issue. It, it can come in a financial status, in health, in emotional, you know. Yeah. So applying the course forgiveness, obviously. But sometimes what is stacks me, like what I feel like my mind play kind of tricks mm. is when I am forgiving it and I am giving it to the Holy Spirit and I am doing the Gary's Brenner meditation nice. every night also. Good. Good. Uh, but then you need to let go and know that the healing is done regardless of the outcome. Yes. Yes. So sometimes I'm like, I I don't I don't know how to explain this. It's like my mind play tricks. Like, mm-hmm. like I can still be sick or I can still not have money. Mm-hmm. I, I not expect that I'm going to be able to have this financial stability. If I keep getting sick and being disability, it's going to mm-hmm. like I, I cannot work for this condition. So right. it has right. had a very um impact in, in financial too and I am a single mom and all of that. I don't know if I am making myself clear, but is this concept of you cannot ask for a specific outcomes. You don't know what is the best for you. You don't know if the healing is going to occur at the level of the form. Yeah. That stops me sometimes mm-hmm. in having the trust mm-hmm. that I am going to be healed and I am going to be okay financially Yeah. at the level of the form yeah. because I am not well, supposed to have expectations yes fair enough desired outcomes yeah you know yeah yeah and and so what we need to remember is that the holy spirit absolutely will um give guidance as you go throughout your day or if you're dealing with a particular issue that guidance is available to you so when we um there's nothing wrong with you going, yeah, I don't want to puke my guts out for five days. <laughs> like There is nothing wrong with recognizing that. What we don't want to get too caught up in is, of course, how it's going to progress. How is the healing going to occur? When is it going to occur? All of that stuff, right? Because that stops the miracle from occurring, right? If I've asked for the miracle, then I have to remain open-minded, right? I have to let the Holy Spirit do this work at my unconscious level. And it's just up to me to recognize when I'm choosing for the ego in fear, when I could choose for the Holy Spirit instead. And I want to start to make that shift lovingly, gently. You don't want to get like obsessive and controlling about it. You want to be relaxed open, gentle about it by going, okay, here I am. I'm having that fear response, right? And I had that many times with the Meniere's disease, right? Where I couldn't sleep on my right side. Um, A couple of times I, well, a couple of weeks, pardon me, I actually slept in a chair in our bedroom. So I wasn't even sleeping next to my husband in our bed, right? Because the Meniere's would typically kick in when I was sleeping. So there were so many times where my life was debilitated, right? I couldn't drive. I couldn't go grocery shopping, things like that. And when I recognized that fear set in, all I knew is like, look, I know, I don't, I know that I don't know what this healing is going to look like. You know, I don't have any expectation, but what I do know is that I'm afraid right now. And I don't want to be afraid anymore. That's all I know. 
right? And I know that the Holy Spirit is the, the right mind is the mind of solutions, that the Holy Spirit's role is healing. So I know I'm going to turn to the Holy Spirit because if I keep doing with this with the ego, which is well ingrained in me because I've been listening to it for eons, I know that I'm just going to go further into it. And I'm going to be afraid, which is the problem. The guilt is the problem. The fear is the problem, not what's actually happening. We could, honestly, if we were that advanced, we could have Meniere's disease or whatever, these migraines, and it psychologically not bother us at all if we're that advanced. And we can get to that point. But you are allowed to ask for guidance and support while you appear to be here. You absolutely are, because again, this world can be used as a tool. So even your sickness can be used as a tool to remind you of who you truly are, right? And that is healing, because what I like to say is all of our trials, yeah, they show up differently for each of us. And we might look at someone else and go, oh, I wish I had that trial instead of this one. But this is what was written into our script, and everything has already healed. And I'm aligning with that healing. So I may not know everything, but I know that's okay because I know I'm leaving it with the one who knows more. The one who can see past, present, and future all at once. I know that that is what I really want to do. And I'm just going to stay out of it. And I'm going to rise above these physical laws <laughs> and I'm going to be open <laughs> to what the Holy Spirit's got for me, because this, what you're facing was, is designed for your healing. It's for the healing of your mind. And yeah, you may not always know what that looks like, but to me, that's can also be the fun part where it's like, who knows what's in store? Like that can be pretty incredible. I really like uh, when you say, um, don't get caught up in when or how the healing is going to occur. That yeah. really resonated. It made me think, and please correct me if, if uh, is this a good way to see it? Like being able to trust that, yes, I am not expecting change at the level of the form, mm -hmm. but I can, I can just know that the healing is going to occur i don't know when or how yeah but it is going to occur and it is going to occur at the level of the form why because if i am healing my mind mm -hmm. there will come to a point that there is no reason to keep projecting pain yeah 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 i will be able to project love and 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 yeah. health and abundance and all yeah. of that because mm -hmm. the guilt is being dissolved cheap little by little yeah and pain and suffering is is a projection of that subconscious guilt yeah yeah I, so at the level of the form it will have to um heal also at some point they just don't need to worry about when or how yeah yeah absolutely yeah Ellie. yeah well i just wanted to add that um when i was um doing my practice every morning uh i would always um um use my put things in my own words that i and then that that like even now with the course i put things in my own words that like for example i would say i feel good in my body mm. you know even though i wasn't feeling good in my body but i knew on some level i i was capable of that I, that was a that was a that was an in, that was something that was part was 
because I wanted it and I was intending it and I was aligning my will that it was present. I just wasn't feeling it yet. So it was like, I feel good in my body. Mm -hmm. I'm very thankful Mm -hmm. that I have the awareness that I can connect with my higher self. Mm-hmm. so uh, always bringing in gratitude always bringing in joy yeah 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 uh, so it's re- that was very important in my practice that I um uh expressed how I feel good in my body I believe that even though I'm not feeling so good but I believe that statement yeah I feel good in my body because I have many dimensions and on one level, I really believe that. Nice. So nice. I would tap in, I would, that's why it was important to say that mm-hmm. because that belief I knew was capable of showing up in form. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and on the other hand, and then, and then in addition, uh, I would always express what I'm thankful for. I am so thankful that I could sit here in the sun mm-hmm. and take this moment to, to, you know, go inward. I am so thankful that I have the mental capacity to know that I can connect, you know, with, with my true self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's nice to give yourself gentle messages. You know, it it really is, right? Um, and, and Gabby, just to elaborate on on what you were saying, like we are taught in Gary Renard's work that physical healing um, may occur. It it doesn't always, um, and if it doesn't, you know, because there's a teaching that's possibly there for someone else in our sphere to, you know, to look at us and go, okay, they're more than that suffering. Um, and, and that's not to scare you. That was something I was keenly aware of when I um, approached healing the Meniere's disease and following my intuition to apply true forgiveness there. Um, but, you know, it is what we want to remember is that this, what the course is teaching us is that this world is not real. So, you know, of course it's, um, we're allowed to have a good time here, right? We're, we're allowed to go through our lessons. Absolutely. So it's nice to approach it as going, yeah, you know, things may not always go the way that I would want them to be. Right. Um, and, and definitely I have some goals where I'm like, yeah, if those could happen today, that would be great. <laughs> like, you know, um, and, and especially with the Meniere's disease, you know, like of the healing, you know, I, I would catch myself here and there and go, okay. But, you know, when I decided to surrender and just really let it go, um, I really committed to that. It was like I made that step to just go, look, I've just got to stop fixating on this because it, it, this world is my classroom and I am just going to use it at that. And I I know things don't go perfectly for each and every one of us. Each and every one of us have an incredible amount of lessons and some of them look really, really strong and heavy. Um, so all I know is like, as Elaine was saying, I actually tapped in more to the gratitude of what I do have where I was like, you know, in other areas, my health is great. 
Um, you know, I have a husband who loves me. I love our dogs. You know, I love feeling safe um, in my home. I like the safe country that I'm in. I just started to tune into the things that I was like, look, Fiona, in a lot of ways, you really got it made. <laughs> right. And, and that just, I guess it just gave me a little more confidence to just go, okay, sister, you can do this. Like that just helped me. Right. Um, Anyways, so I think it, it is just important for us to remember that this world is an illusion. You are allowed to ask the Holy Spirit for specific guidance here, there, and everywhere because the Holy Spirit wants you to turn to it. The Holy Spirit, remember, is there to go, look, you're not alone. That's the illusion. You're not alone at all. And so it remember, healing is wholeness. So I'm turn, I'm unifying, I'm connecting. That is what's turning to the Holy Spirit. That's what it's all about. So when we do ask for that guidance, yeah, that's where we remain open. Like, I have no idea what that guidance is going to be, what it's going to look like when it shows up, but I am committed because I know with every hiccup that I have that choice to go further into the ego or higher up into the Holy Spirit. And this too shall pass in some manner. This too shall pass. And again, I have no idea what that'll look like. But I'm open to that. And it's going to pass a lot sooner if I commit to the Holy Spirit. Like, I'm just going to feel better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I hear you. Like, I, you know, you have my love and my support there. Um, but it's it's that, um, you know, it, sometimes I'm not really in love with the word surrender because it can just kind of seem just kind of, mm -hmm. eh. <laughs> but it, when you start to develop that trust of like, at least I know I'm not making things worse. That's what makes it easy to surrender. <laughs> and I hope that's helpful, love. I Thank hope. you both. Yeah, of course. It's a very safe place to talk about it. Oh, I'm so <laughs> glad, you. love. I'm so glad. And you are so loved. And I know you're going to get through this, right? Because mirac yeah. miracles are natural and you you are love. So let it flow. <laughs> yes, that is an underlying sense that I have that everything is it has some deeper meaning that I don't know just yeah. yet. Yeah. Exactly. But I know that I will get through it all mm -hmm. and then I will be able to use it. Yes. To really help people. I, I, I don't know why I have that like I am I am a very introverted person, so yeah. it's not like I can tell you, oh my God, after this, I'm going outside, you know, yeah. but is that feeling that you have, I'm yeah. going to be of service in some way that I don't, I cannot even imagine just yet, mm -hmm. but I know it's coming, it's just like a intuition yeah. that is telling me, all of this has a purpose, yeah. has a bigger purpose, you just keep doing the work, exactly. Well, yeah, and you stay with that belief. Yeah, yeah, I stay agree. That, yeah, stay with that conviction because that's what's going to get you moving, keep you moving forward, yeah. knowing that, know, just that knowing because I was going through custody issues for years <laughs> and it was just that knowing that I'm getting, I'm, I'm going through this, but I'm, 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 I'm going to be whatever is happening is happening because I'm supposed to be learning things and I want to learn whatever it is I'm supposed to learn as I'm going, as I'm suffering. Yeah. I'm suffering. Yeah. I admit yeah. I'm, I am suffering mm -hmm. and I, you know, um, I'm going to learn from this suffering now. I'm not just going to suffer and cry all the time. I'm going to, I'm going to go take this suffering on 
like Jesus did. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to come out of it, uh, you know, like a butterfly goes into a cocoon and, you know, and, and then when it comes out, it's a butterfly. Yeah. But before that, it yeah. has to go through stages. Yeah. So it was like, okay, I'm being wound up in a cocoon. Yeah. Um, I know yeah. that I'm like going a butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I mean, yeah. And the awakening process, like when you, when you allow yourself that curiosity about what you're going to learn and what the revelations you're going to have or the dreams that you're going to have, the awareness, the connection, when you kind of just have a curiosity about that, it really gets me excited for healing and for choosing my right mind that, you know, what's beyond this suffering, right? right. Like that's very exciting. And, 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 and also, you know, I really do tune into the fact, like, you know, it's the psychological um, fear and guilt that is the problem that needs to be corrected because there I, I think I've shared it before in another class or whatever but I remember or maybe it was at the beginning of the book club but you know I remember saying that like I slipped on some ice one time and I really cracked my my hip I didn't break anything but oh did it hurt and had a big bruise and stuff like that and it was a couple of days later I was at my parents house and I switched just very carefully on the couch I switched butt cheeks <laughs> you know <laughs> and my dad is looking at me and he's like take a Tylenol and I was like no and he was like why not and I'm like because it's actually not bothering me psychologically the pain was not a problem it, it meant nothing mm -hmm. you know so it's maybe psychologically if I was afraid or whatever or was that painful like on some level it was bothering me maybe I would have taken a tunnel but that was just the best way that I could put it and that really stood out for me was it's it's actually just not bothering me so whatever <laughs> that makes me remember about um Jackie I'm sure you guys know about Jackie Laura Jones uh she told me once um pain is not the same as suffering oh I love that and it exploded my head oh. I was like of course yeah. so that is another point because yes sometimes it might not change in the form in the form you might still have any well Jesus was yeah. murdering there right yeah, yeah. so but if we look at it with a sense of but we don't have to suffer through mm -hmm. it yeah Exactly. It, it, it just is another level. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. There's a massive and, difference. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And even if you're suffering, you know, and you just, you sink into it and you find that it does have a bottom. It's not a bottomless thing. You're not going to yeah. disappear. It's not going to swallow you up. Yeah. The suffering. It's not going to destroy you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like there's a limit. It only goes so far. And then you say, okay, I see it. I see where the pain is, you know, like, and um, okay, I can see it. At least I, I get an objective view of this. Yeah, exactly. And that's so, that's a great point, Elaine. Like it's not some bottomless pit that's going to suck you in for eternity. It's not like yeah. that. 
it's, it's, it will pass. Healing is natural. And whatever that healing looks like, your suffering will end, right? That's that psychological suffering will end. And so that's so cool. Yeah. And and even, even, you know, even turn it on its head, like say, I'm, I'm so thankful for this suffering Mm -hmm. because I am learning, Mm -hmm. you know, so embrace it, love it, you know, and Uh uh, because, and this is what's necessary. And I love it. Yeah, I yeah. love everything about it. Yeah, I accept, being yeah. Or I accept everything about it. Yeah, yeah, because being grateful for your true forgiveness opportunities, because I mean, all we can have is a glimmer of the awareness of our connection with source and the bliss that and the love and the security that comes with the connection with source and enlightenment. We can just maybe have a, a sense of maybe what that's like. But man, when you do get a sense of it, not the direct experience of revelation, but you start to get the sense that you, a part of you is perfectly safe and you're headed towards that awareness, that full awareness, that is really relieving. And that's where, you know, the real hiccups in life, the trials, that's where they become real purposeful is when you put God at the center. And this might be actually a helpful thing, uh, Gabby, this is something that um, I've started to do is that I, because I envision uh, just my image of source um, sometimes is just a golden disc. I like gold and it's just the wholeness, the representation of a, a circle. And so that just works for me sometimes. And when I'm feeling troubled, um, especially from what I'm coming out of, I actually envision that golden disc at the center of my life. And I just say to myself in my head, source, you are at the center of this. You are at the center of my goals. You are at the center of the relationship with the family member that I've had to take distance from. You're at the center of that because I'm going to have no other goals other than you. You are my only goal, my source. And so you can maybe even envision source at the center of your physical ailment, wherever you sense that mostly happening, you can put source there in your mind and go source. I put, I place you there because you are my only goal. And I've actually found it to be really help, really relieving of, of any stress where I go, I, it, I guess it just strengthens my trust that I know I've done the right thing by putting my source in right here, my attention. I've used visualizations myself. Yeah. Um, I I love water. So I will see myself floating uh, or swimming down into a cave deep in the ocean. Uh, Visualizations, yeah, Yeah. uh, are extreme. If you find find one that works for you, you can turn to it often. Yeah. Um, And the other thing is, uh, when when you love your pain and suffering, you're not resisting. You drop the resistance, so mm-hmm. that when it when it when it begins, you don't fear and clench up. Yeah, you're you know you learn to love it and you learn mm-hmm. to allow it, and then it kind of like you it kind of like doesn't seem as like you said as intense because you're like I'm used to cringing. When I begin to feel uh, a headache or, you know, eye strain coming on because I know it's going to go full blast after that. And I'm used to like holding like bare knuckles. No, it's a whole different new react. Now I don't resist. Now I love. 
And then you're not resisting, you're not fighting it, you're allowing it, and you're trusting in source. And then that's when it starts to break apart, it seems. Yeah. That's when it seems to lose its power. Not re you're not resisting, you're not fighting, you're just saying, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm yeah. not going to go to fear. Yeah. I'm just, I'm seeing it. I'm feeling it. Okay. That's fine. It just yeah. keeps you from going to fear. Yeah. Cause the resistance is what causes tension and you're right. Acceptance is a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Really great conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've all been there. We've yeah. all been with some serious trials. Absolutely. Learning experiences, growing, yeah. growing, growing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, here, I'll just finish up these last two miracle principles and then we can um, wrap up for the day. But um, miracle principle 33, miracles honor you because you are lovable. They dispel illusions about yourself and perceive the light in you. They thus atone for your errors by freeing you from your nightmares. By releasing your mind from the imprisonment of your illusions, they restore your sanity. And so like that might be helpful for you, Gabby. That's miracle principle 33. But it's what the miracle does is it dispels that illusion about yourself that you're just this body and you're just this suffering and you're just, you know, maybe the lack of abundance. And that's your identity. And that's what the ego would say is your identity. And it's not. The miracle reminds you of who you truly are and it will dispel those illusions about you. And then that's where we energetically start to shift. And then vibrationally, other things can start to come in because we're no longer identical identifying with it right like I, I can definitely tell you I was ready to no longer identify with stress with PTSD with Meniere's disease I was ready to just go look this is something that I may be going through but I'm going to use it as a, a step and then I'm letting it go it, it's not my forever that I know for sure right and it's not because we're not even these bodies so anyways I just love that miracle principle and then the final one that I share number 36 miracles are examples of right thinking aligning your perceptions with truth as God created it. So that's just as simple as saying the atonement, right? Miracle principle 36, that right thinking. So miracles are examples of that. I've connected with the truth of my source. And that's where I'm going to start to invite my source in and remember I'm going to replace this grievance. I'm going to replace this worldly goal. I'm going to replace this ego identity with the truth that I am one in my source. And I'm just going to place that visualization or just put source right there, right at the heart of me. Because that's who I truly am. Right? So anyways, and, and, and you might find it relieving, Gabby, to go through the miracle principles, the first 50 uh, miracle principles. They're so cool. <laughs> like, I, I'm just like, whoa, what is possible? <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank Sounds you. Sounds wonderful. Thank <laughs> you so much. Thanks, love. Bye. Bye.